Facebook on social media and named David Adams and he is such a blessing. Well, welcome David. It's so good to have you on. Thank you, Catherine. I appreciate the opportunity to be able to share with people today. That is so amazing. And you know, you bless people. You just always have really profound and pithy things to say that make you think and really shake you up kind of where we need to be shaken because we have all sorts of funky ideas about what the gospel mm-hmm. is, about who God is. Yes. <laughs> and have a delightful um, understanding and relational connection with God that just spills out in everything you post. I, I like what you, you told me. It's like the three main things I'd like to share is God's unconditional love for all people. We are all God's children and we are all made in his image. What a great starting point. That's that's yeah. the uh, core of, you'll find those three things, or at least one of them, in almost all of my posts. That's just, it, and, and it shows, and it's it's just beautiful. So, but uh, David, you know, you were sharing uh, in what you, some of the information you gave me, uh, just a real journey uh, with the Lord. Can you share how that's been for you as you've just kind of, walk through things and grappled with things and where you, where you came from, what it means, all that. Okay. Well, my, I, my story is actually a lot more than what I've shared with you so far. I, uh, I was born in Southeast Alabama. Uh, we were, let's see that we were 11 people in a one bedroom house. Wow. Uh, for a while, there was no running mortar in the house, no bathroom for several years. We had an outhouse and would bathe in a wash tub, mm-hmm. uh, number three wash tub, if you know what that is. Uh, we were poor, but we didn't know it. Oh, that might know. going. Uh-huh. We didn't know that we were poor. Uh, well, my mom and dad did because they had to work like dogs. Right. And But anyway, we... There was a lot of love in the family, and it's still evident in the family today, even though most of the family pretty much disagrees with a lot of what I believe now. They still love me. <laughs> okay. Familiar with that. <laughs> Pray for me. <laughs> all right. It's all good. I get it. I get it. I guess the first experience I had with God, we'd go to church. Uh, sometimes my grandmother would go too, but. A lot of times it was just some neighbors taking a bunch of us to church with them. And I remember learning about Jesus loves me in Sunday school and Jesus loves the little children and Jesus loves everybody. And after Sunday school, we'd come out and listen to the preaching. We'd have to sit there on those hard wooden pews. There were no cushiony pews or chairs back there. Right. Little Assembly of God Church. Uh, and I don't remember exactly what the preacher preached on one Sunday. I was maybe five or six years old. Could have been four. I don't know. But I remember coming home. He must have preached on hell. Mm-hmm. Because I remember coming home and uh, going out in the yard and getting by myself. And I was crying. And I remember praying. This this is the first prayer from my heart. Not a now nah, lay me down to sleep or Lord, we thank you for this food. The first real heartfelt prayer in my life. Mm-hmm. And and it was something to the effect that God, I know you love everybody. Mm-hmm. Why would you let anybody go to hell? I said, please don't let anybody go to hell. And I I remember that. Uh, To this day, I remember that. I know it's not a figment of my imagination. Uh, But then, you know, after a few more years, we moved to Florida. 
Mm-hmm. It, Christmas of 71, I guess, so maybe five or six, seven years later. Mm-hmm. And I didn't go to church down here at all mm-hmm. that I can remember. Oh, wait. Yeah, I had a neighbor that would take me and my brothers and their son, a friend of mine, to church. But I never really got anything out of that that I can remember. Um, And then I grew on up and graduated high school. And I really started doing my own thing as I got into my late teens and early 20s and, you know, drinking and drugs and, uh, you know, just that that sort of scene. And... um. I mean, I wasn't doing it all the time, but if right. I had if I had the chance and the money, I was doing it. Right. Uh, <laughs> good thing I didn't have a job that was making me rich at the time. There's no telling where I would be. Saved you a lot of a lot of stuff there, yes. <laughs> but then one year, um, I worked at the hospital. I was just a janitor, and I helped out cleaning the kitchen in the evenings after my regular shift was over out on the floor. And there was a young guy that worked in there part-time and he was dating a pastor's daughter. Mm-hmm. And he invited me to uh, Life and Praise Temple. That was the name of the church in the town I grew up in. And it was Easter Sunday. I do remember that. And he he got me to go by telling me I was scared to go. I was afraid something would happen. Mm-hmm. Well, I couldn't back down i'm like i'll go i'm not scared i don't remember what the preacher preached on but something started stirring inside of me and there was another co-worker uh that worked in the front office and she always tried to get me to go to church and so that wednesday the following wednesday night i decided i would no that sunday evening i decided i would go find that church she had told me about well i didn't find it i wound up in another church and I told her about it. So she picked me up Wednesday night, mm-hmm. that Wednesday night. And, um, I went to church and I'm sitting on the back pew by myself. She wanted me to sit up closer to the front. I'm like, no, she had her two daughters with her. I'm like, no, I'll, I'm good back here. Mm-hmm. I have my cigarettes in my pocket and everything. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I don't know what the preacher was talking about. I know he's talking about Jesus on the cross. And uh, when they did give an altar call, but I tell you what, I had to have been saved before I ever got to the altar. I had to have made a decision, whatever. I know that ain't what saved me now, but it's what opened my eyes. Exactly. Um, Well, your eyes are pretty open at age four when you were asking a good God not to to keep people from going to hell, right? That's a hard Yeah, but they closed again. They closed again after all. Yeah, yeah. Went back to sleep. Right. And uh, anyway, it was a little holiness church. And I had on a button-up shirt, you know, and jeans. And my shirt was tucked in like I was taught you should do when you go to church. And I believe it was the same night I went forward. I started preaching. Wow. Uh, It's all in you. (laughs) The the pastor, he just sat down. And I'm walking back and forth in front of the pews and between the pews. And I'm telling people about how Jesus died for their sins to save them. Uh, I didn't mention anything about hell that I can remember. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was just telling them how much God loved them. And they um, they were just sitting there in awe because especially the girl that took me because she knew I wasn't a church going person and I'd never preached. I wasn't a Bible reader going on. Yes. And um, it wasn't long after that that uh, I stood up like maybe the next Sunday night or Sunday morning. And I started prophesying now, according to the. A uh, little hole in this church. You, that's not the sign of being filled with the Spirit. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to speak in tongues. Right. Well, I did speak in I did speak in tongues later, but I was prophesying before I ever spoke in tongues. You were, you were not. 
you are not following the rules. <laughs> no, I did not. I, and maybe that's one reason I had so much trouble right. uh, with the things I learned in that little church. Some of the, mm -hmm. I will give the pastor this. He did talk a lot about walking and living in the spirit. Okay. I give him, he talked a lot about Christ yeah. in okay. you. Makes a mixture, right? But, you know, for, for back then, it was way ahead of its time, a lot of it was. Mm -hmm. But then a lot of it was like, you know, way back in the Old Testament, too. <laughs> right. There was mixture. Mixture. But within uh, six months, they had, they couldn't ordain me a preacher in the organization until I'd been a Christian for at least a year. Mm -hmm. But they did get me what they called an exhorter's license. And then the next conference they had, they got me a they got me regular minister's license. And then uh, within a year, I had an ordained minister's license. Uh, but I was, I remember one time I had, I must not have been saved six months. Mm -hmm. uh, I stood up and I prophesied something out of the book of Jeremiah about being settled on the lees. And I don't, I don't know what I'm talking about. What the <laughs> and hell is the lees, you know? <laughs> I had no idea. I've never even read Jeremiah, not that part. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. I read where he had formed us in the womb. Right. But I, I don't remember reading that part. And the Sunday school teacher, she was a great Sunday school teacher. She did teach me how to study. Mm -hmm. Nice. Uh, she uh, she came up to me after church. She knew I hadn't been a Christian that long. She knew I was reading heavy in the Bible, though. Mm -hmm. She said, do you know what you were saying? I said, no, I have no idea what that means. And she told me and said, it's right. I said, I've never read that. So I was even quoting scripture that I had not learned yet. Yeah, I guess Holy um, Spirit knew all about this stuff. Yeah, he did. <laughs> it's, it's a real uh, amazing journey to me. And uh, there was another girl at work. She was out doing her own thing. She was three years older than me, but she started going. And we wound up getting married in February of 85. Mm -hmm. And three years later, we had a son. And... Uh, well, going down to about 90, in the mid-90s, we started pastoring a small church together. Mm -hmm. uh, and it, it never would grow. But the message I was preaching was definitely a mixture, more law than grace, mm. more, yeah. more command than love. Gotcha. And all of that, because that's what I had learned in the Little Holiness Church. Right. Yet we were always telling each other, there's got to be more to it than this. Right. <laughs> well, we both uh, wound up dropping out of church. We split up. We dropped out of church. And uh, we eventually got divorced. We're friends again now. We right. help each other if we need it. But uh, that we're, we're not getting back together or anything. Right. But that was at the, I'd say about 1999, and the divorce was final, I think, in 2001. And uh, and I just wasn't finding what I needed. Well, when we, when we separated, I got involved in some bad drugs, that's all I'll say, with some bad people. Mm -hmm. And uh, I lost everything I had except for my son. Wow. Um. And then uh, I, I finally got out of the drugs again, uh, got settled in a good job. And after a few years, my son, he met his, uh, well, she was his girlfriend, and then she became his wife. And they started going to this house church meeting. Okay. Uh, gathering at a friend of our, at, well, I didn't know him to start with. He said, Dad. You got to come here. They believe a lot of the stuff you believe. Well, they did believe a lot of the stuff I believe, but they were starting to get into grace. Wow. I'm like, 
I was concerned. I was, I was literally concerned about these people because I figured they were going to go to hell because of this stuff. Because of the great stuff. Yeah. See how far back my thinking had slipped. I mean, uh, this little four-year-old had already already sort of dealt with the hell issue in a way, but we'll always kind of slip back again. So yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm like. I'm I'm going to keep going back, but I'm going to start studying these guys that are listening to Joseph Prince, Andrew Womack, mm-hmm. and and uh, those are the main two. Yeah. And I started. Oh, and Andrew Farley. Right. And I started reading some of their stuff, and I was getting. I thought I was getting ammunition to prove these people wrong. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> I was one wrong. I was wrong the whole time. Had been for years. Right. And because God, you were wrong, right? You know. Yeah, but then I got mad. I got mad at okay. the people I learned from. Mm-hmm. Okay. And tell them, but I was mad because they had taught me uh they had taught me wrong. Right. And uh then I'm like, Well, David, you can't do that because you taught the same things. So then I was mad at myself for a while. <laughs> okay. But I kept going, I listen to Joseph and Andrew and uh uh and Andy Andrew Farley too. Right. Uh let's see. Both Andrews. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I listened to all of them and I'm like, well, if what they're saying is true, they're not really going far enough. Because right. because it's there's more to it than just where they're stopping at. Yeah. So, you know, I still tell people to listen to them mm-hmm. because they are a good getting off place if you're yeah. just learning about grace. It's huge from basically from a lot of the streams that you were in or streams that others have been. It's so such a freeing experience and praise God for that. Uh, but you get to keep on going, which is great. Yeah, I know, I know I did teach a lot of word of faith stuff and prosperity message. Uh, I didn't preach the tithe, though. Mm-hmm. I did not preach the tithe. Somehow I knew that was wrong. And I didn't preach the rapture. Uh, I knew that was wrong from the beginning, too. There was a few things that, you know, I I had enough sense to, you know, <laughs> well, I, I'd studied them. Right. I'm like, well, that can't be true. Right. That's not true. And so I wouldn't, sure. I wouldn't teach on it. Sure. But um, anyway... Glad you didn't. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't too. I'd be mad at myself for that. Up later, yeah. Huh? I said less mess to clean up later, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Thank God. Yeah. Uh, I've done enough damage telling the people about hell and losing their salvation and all this stuff. I'd already done plenty of damage there. Lord help us. We just, he just it's so good. He loves us so much because we are so confused. <laughs> oh, I, I, I think like we know it. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Keep going. And, uh, but anyway, after a few years of the meetings, um, I think it was, I forget when the meetings broke up, but anyway, about six years ago, my daughter-in-law said, you really should be on Facebook. And I said, I don't want to be on Facebook. I don't know what to do with Facebook. All people doing is showing each other their food and, you know, I had no idea what it was. Oh, there is a lot of that. But, <laughs> but, but uh, after I got on there, I learned Facebook is what you make. You can make it about politics. You can make it about religion. Or you can make it about God's unconditional love. Yay, and, hot button right there. And we and know how. <laughs> yes, I love that God's unconditional love. Um, now, when I first got on, I didn't put any of my own thoughts down. I would share stuff that others had written. Mm-hmm. Um, I might make a comment on someone else's post. And then I'm like, I, I should be doing something on here a little more meaningful. Mm-hmm. So I started doing, I had a friend of mine, I went to school with him and uh, he thinks a lot like I do too. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name is Johnny Dane. He's a great artist. And uh, every once in a while, I'd see a prayer on his Facebook post. And uh, I'm like, I should. I should do a prayer. 
And um, so I started off just doing prayers, uh, just little short prayers with a picture with it. Uh, the pictures to grab the attention and then the prayer was short. So to, you know, people that lose your attention. <laughs> <laughs> but um, because the guy that start that we were going to the Bible study, he told me, he said, if you want people to read your posts, keep them short. Yeah. Well, I did that for several years, but now they're kind of getting longer and I'm tr trying real hard to keep them short, but I got a lot to say. You got a lot to say. I love it. So, so David, you have, um, we have more time. What do you want to say here? Well, uh, I just want to share what I share on Facebook yeah. and the, the three principal things that I share on Facebook is God loves you unconditionally. Mm -hmm. And there's a thing you can do about that. Yes. You can't, you can't get bad enough that God will stop loving you and nothing you do makes God love you more. Mm -hmm. You can't make God love you more. You can't make God love you less. He just loves you. He just loves and the you. Reason, the reason he loves you is because you're his child. I know <clears throat> a lot of people think you don't become his child until you have an experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, a baby... When we're born into this world, we are unaware of what's going on around us. Right. First Peter chapter one, verse three, I says, chapter three, I think says, uh, we were born again by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We had nothing to do with Jesus resurrecting from the dead. Isn't that amazing? We had nothing to do with that. We contributed nothing to our new birth. It wasn't our choice. It wasn't our willpower. No. And it sure wasn't, it wasn't our, our prayer. Pain. Yeah, it wasn't our prayer either. Right. All we do when we go to the altar or invite him, look, you can you can invite him into your life, but when you do, eventually you'll find out he was there the whole time. Absolutely. Uh because well, like I shared a while ago, four to six years old, I'm praying a prayer like that, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, <laughs> and people people just love to take credit for doing something to get born again. And they can't because they, they conflate their salvation mm -hmm. with the new birth. Yes. And, and the new birth is what is able to, because they are born again, they are able, whether they see it or not, mm -hmm. they are able to see the kingdom of God. They're able to enter into the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. uh, they are able to experience their salvation. Yes. They're able to experience God's unconditional love. Mm -hmm. And when I say unconditional love, I mean, it's unconditional. That means love without conditions. Yeah. <laughs> I get, I get a lot of these naysayers. God loves you, but, well, I call them butt Christians. Absolutely. Because their butts get in their own way. Well, you know, it's like Andrew always says, you got to put your butt in the right place, right? So I may yeah. have done this, but God loves me. <laughs> yeah, like I don't see anyone as a sinner anymore. I see them as people that are made in God's image. Mm -hmm. And yes, they may sin, but you know what? I can take my water hose and go put out a fire, but I'm not a fireman. Yeah, that is true. Uh, what you do does not define your identity. Thank you. Yeah. Your, your new birth is what defines the identity. And Jesus already took care of that. And what we're really doing, we're discovering who God really is mm -hmm. because that's whose image we're made in. And when we see who he really is, we see what we are like. We are like him because yeah. we're his kids. Absolutely. We're his kids. We're partakers of the divine nature. Mm -hmm. uh, we talk about a sin nature. Let's talk about the divine nature. Thank Look, you. we don't have a sin nature. We may have an inclination to sin mm -hmm. because it's so dr uh, drilled into us. Mm -hmm. But we do not have a sin nature. No. I don't believe we do. Uh, I think some Jesus people will argue with me. And, <laughs> excuse me. I think Jesus actually did something on that cross. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, an art, hey, he, nature, he, new creature, all of that. He, right? he, he wasn't up on the cross saying, my father, I hope this works. <laughs> and he didn't have his fingers crossed either. No. He, he didn't do this here and say, God, I hope this works. Enough. And, but they got to say the prayer. They got to, you know, all this stuff. Right? Yeah, he didn't give us a formula on the cross. And he didn't, look, he didn't die on the cross to forgive us mm -hmm. in order to forgive us. He died on the cross to show us we were already forgiven. Thank you. We have always been forgiven. Even David in the Old Testament, he said, God, if you should count our transgressions, who would stand? <laughs> and, uh, how many times in that one Psalm, I forget which one it is, maybe Psalm 119 or maybe Psalm 19. Uh, David's praying about his enemies. He's saying, you know, things like, God, break their teeth. Right. Uh, your mercy endures forever. And he's saying, God, strike them down, but your mercy endures forever. He wanted to say a prayer like, get them, God, but he yeah, kept. It's like, dang it, your mercy endures forever. <laughs> yes, your mercy endures forever. How can I pray this prayer, Lord, and get, and get my way? No, he didn't get his way on that. Uh, God's mercy endures forever. And it, it endures for everyone, no matter what color you are, no matter uh, what uh, what kind of financial class you may be in. Uh, it don't matter if you're gay or straight. It don't matter. Look, what you do is not your identity. Right. And God sees you in your true identity. That's why he's, he said uh, he'll remember our sins no more. He doesn't, he's not bringing those up. He, God was, God was in Christ on the cross, reconciling the world to himself not counting their sins against them. Mm -hmm. And and we so often want to say, well, when you come to Jesus, look, if you make Jesus Lord of your life, well, first of all, you can't make Jesus Lord of your life because he's already Lord. Lord. You, yes. If you can make him Lord, you got more power than he does. Exactly. All you can do is yield, say yes or no to his Lordship, but he's still Lord. Recognize it. Recognize right. it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but, he was, he's not counting our sins against us. And we tell people, well, you know, you got to confess all your sins. And that's all because of one verse, first John one, nine mm -hmm. and first John one, nine says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us. Mm -hmm. This is the way I think it should read more like this, that if we sin, if we agree with him mm -hmm. about our sin, that he is faithful and just forgive us. Of course. We it will cleanse us from all that sin consciousness. Exactly. And How we defile our own conscience. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And so many preachers all all the time preaching about sin, trying to make you feel bad where you'll come down to the altar to make the preacher feel good. And really, you know, we hear a lot of, they just want more people to come forward so they get more money. No, the preacher is often a little egotistical mm -hmm. and they want people to come forward because they want their preaching to be what drew them forward instead of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. And they get them to feel bad about their sins and the things they do wrong. And they get them to come forward and, and um, say a prayer. Mm -hmm. Say, God, forgive me of my sins. Look, you're already asking God to do something he's already done. Exactly. exactly. He's already done that. You can come forward and say, Lord, I thank you. I'm forgiven of my sin. I'll tell you this. Uh, back when me and my wife first got together, before we ever got married, mm -hmm. she, uh, we went to a tent meeting, an evangelist, Paul Keck. Man, that guy was a good preacher. And um, he was, he had a line up there and she was in the line and, and she stood there. And when he laid hands on her, he didn't say a prayer. He just touched her on the head. He didn't push her. She fell straight back like a tree. Right. There wasn't knee bending. There wasn't no catching herself. 
she stood up the same way. Oh, wow. I mean, she, she pulled down like this. She stood up like this. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, and I was so amazed. But you know the first words out of her mouth? What was that? It wasn't, Jesus, please save me. It wasn't that. It wasn't, God, I'm sorry for my sins. Her first words were, he saved me. And to me, that was a major miracle that she knew that she was saved when she got up. That is beautiful. A lot of Christians, <laughs> they go through their whole life wondering if they're really saved or not. Oh, especially that is in Calvinists. So sad, right? That's so sad. Yeah. I do That's have a question for you because you said something that was really juicy and it, you know, I think it would be helpful to unpack it. You said, the born again uh, experience and the salvation experience, we conflate them. How do you separate those two experiences out? Well, because when we're born again, when we come into this world already because of the cross, because of the resurrection. Um, but we're, we come into this world as a baby, mm -hmm. immature, unable to focus Sure. On, on the spiritual things. Mm -hmm. And like in the natural, we're unable to focus. We might hear a noise and try to look around to see where it's coming from in the natural when we're first born. Right. <laughs> but there's not an awareness right. per se. Sure. That is something that is developed. And um, to me, the salvation experience not that you're not already really saved, but right. it's the experiencing of it. Experience, that's it's the word. Is when someone hears, mm -hmm. hears the word, the message of Jesus Christ. They hear Christ. Mm -hmm. And it awakens within them the faith that God has already given everyone. Right. There's nobody without faith. He's given to us all the measure of faith. It's not a, a different measure for me and a different measure. It's the measure of faith that Christ has. Yeah. It's the faith of Jesus Christ. Thank God. And that faith is stirred within a person and they wake up, so to speak, and start. Uh, that's why they call these what they call revivals. That's why they call them great awakenings. Right. And and this 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 grace awakening mm -hmm. is really big. Um they uh, people come to an understanding that yes, they are saved. Yes, they are a child of God, and and they actually start believing the truth. Yes. But now, if the message they're hearing is uh, a mixed message of law and grace, works and grace, then they're going to have a lot of doubts about the goodness of God. They're going to have a lot of doubts about their own salvation. Right. And and they're going to be wishy-washy. Mm -hmm. But does that mean that Jesus didn't save them? Save them? Right. He that comes unto me, I will in no wise cast out. Absolutely. And you can't go anywhere without him because he never leaves yeah. us nor forsakes us. Mm -hmm. So, just, yeah, your salvation is safe. Yeah. Um, and eventually everyone will come to that knowledge because that's the will of God that we come to the come to repentance, which is a change of mind and to the knowledge of the truth. First of all, we change our mind about God and who he is. Mm -hmm. And then we start experiencing basically salvation. The, the salvation experience is experiencing and knowing for yourself, the unconditional love of God. Yay. That's and. Yeah. And that's the way I like to look at it. I know a lot of people say, well, if you don't do this, you're not saved. Well, nothing you do is going to get you more saved. It's just going to make you realize you're more saved. Maybe. How could a job did Jesus do on that cross? Yeah, absolutely. It was 100%. It is finished. Father, forgive them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Jesus didn't, um, he didn't, he didn't fail. I tell people all the time, I've started presenting this question on some of my smaller posts that I put on those little backgrounds they have on Facebook. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and I say, 
if everyone isn't saved in the end, how is Jesus the savior of the world? Is he just bragging? Is he just, you know, stretching the truth? Right. No, he's the savior of the world. We may not see it yet. It may not look like it yet, but he is the savior of the world. And everyone will come to know that because, you know, I remember asking back in my early church days, I'm like, because I might have had a clue even back then thinking about it right now. I, I asked my Sunday school teacher because I knew she would be less uh, evasive with me. Mm-hmm. But I said, uh, what about this scripture that says every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord? Uh-huh. Well, she was a great Sunday school teacher, but she believed in hell. Mm-hmm. And that's all right. I still love her. Um, well, I think she's passed on now, though. But she said that some will do it willingly and some will be forced to. Mm-hmm. But that's not what the scripture says. You have to really read that in there. Or you, uh, yeah. Well, you you have to insert that, right? Because it's not no. what it says. Yeah. Yeah. And then and that, that makes God so, you know, well, well, you know, say uncle, say uncle, right? And call me some sort of megalomaniac, you know, that need that you but need to teach the whole time while you're alive. Mm-hmm. God's a gentleman. He won't force you to do anything. Right. Oh, so he's not going to be a gentleman on that day. Right. So he's kind of changed natures. Yeah, and a lot of people and forever's changed natures. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's a he's a two faced God. Mm-hmm. Um, he says one thing and does another. He's a hypocrite, you know. Yeah, and God isn't like that. No. He doesn't change his mind once he's got you. And believe me, Jesus paid the price for all of us, so he's got all of us. Um, he um, he's not letting you go. Yeah. So but, I have a question, Dave. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I, w- I want to say this because a lot of people, when I tell them that I believe everyone will be saved, they say, oh, so you think God's just going to force himself on everybody? No, I think his love persuades people. Thank you. And He, nothing can separate us from the love of God, not even death. So even after people depart from this world out of their physical bodies, mm-hmm. God is still wooing them. And and that's even what we call the wrath of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the passionate love of God. It's his passionate no to the things that are harming us. Yes. And it feels like hell to us because we, not because God's trying to hurt us, but because we don't want to let go of the things that are hurting us. Exactly. So that's the grain of our design. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we resist the truth. Mm-hmm. And when we resist the truth, it really, it really, um, it really, it feels like hell. Yeah. So it you're kind of like describing hell. some sort of like a post-mortem ability for God to woo the heart. So yes. that the heart um, willingly turns towards him. Yes. But I will say this, you know, we read Revelation chapter 22 Mm-hmm. And it shows the new Jerusalem, which is the bride of Christ. It's not heaven that it's talking about there. Mm-hmm. So quit thinking you're going to walk on a street of gold one day. There's symbolic right. language all through the book. Of course. Um, but it's coming down from God out of heaven. Mm. And what does this mean? Well, the kingdom of God is within us mm-hmm. and it's coming out out of us we are that city mm-hmm. that the the river of life runs through yeah and on and on each side of the river of life there's uh the tree of life mm-hmm. and it's bearing fruit and the leaves are for the healing of the nations yes. look if you believe <laughs> that revelation chapter 21 and the lake of fire is the end of it all who are those people in Revelation chapter 22. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Those are the same people that were cast into the lake of fire. Right. But now I will say this because Jesus said that he came to send fire on the earth. And what if, what if it's already been kindled? Mm-hmm. That fire, the lake of fire, that's God's passionate, loving yes. uh, care for us. His desire to have to see us whole. Yes. And 
that fire has been kindled. And on the day of Pentecost, we see the uh, tongues of fire on people's head. That, that fire wasn't coming down out of the sky. Right. It was coming up from within. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Jeremiah said, I feel if I don't share the gospel, oh, well, he didn't say the gospel, but if he didn't share the word of the Lord, it was like a fire shut up in his bones. And was inside. Yeah. And he had yeah. a prayer. Yeah, I mean, not, not prayer. in a prayer. He just come into my heart being Lord and my Lord and Savior prayer. Yes. Yeah. So I actually believe the lake of fire is already kindled even before we depart this earth. Yeah. We just are maybe able to feel it more clearly, more intensely. But then I don't think we'll be in that fiery place for very long. I don't think it takes long for God's love to persuade us when we're not in a carnal flesh, fleshly corruptible body. Exactly. And I mean, it's this, it's this passion for you. Yes. Uh, and against the stuff that harms you. Right. Uh, and his passion for you to, to have be who you really are and be in communion with him and, 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 and be revealed as a son and daughter in the fullness of who he created right. to be. Which and, is and that's right. All creation, all creation. Look, I, I do believe in a physical, a lot of people disagree with me, but I do agree, uh, believe in a physical bodily return of this same Jesus, a flesh and bone body, but glorified. Uh, to the earth, but I don't think that will happen until uh, until the we receive the redemption of our bodies. Mm -hmm. It may happen simultaneously. I'm not sure, but all all of creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. Yes, and that's talking about the mature sons of God because we're already children. Absolutely, but, but we're we're not. It's not manifesting the maturity of us in us. Has it come to fruition yet? Sure. And um, it's the Holy Spirit um, that's causing us to cry out, yeah. Abba, Father. Abba, Father. Yeah. It's bearing witness with our spirit. Hey, we're the children of God. We're starting to recognize who we are. Yes. We're starting to recognize our true identity made in God's image of unconditional love. And all of creation is groaning and travailing. You know, um, you want to talk about, uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and say it, climate change. Right. Mm -hmm. Sure. Creation is groaning. It it's is, not. It is. I don't believe growing. it's anything that the scientists say it is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, and if it is any of that stuff, it's still because creation is growing. Yes, and uh, wanting us to come forth. Why did? Why is creation growing? Have you ever wondered why creation is growing? Because from the very beginning, man was given dominion over the earth. Right. Man. Some people say, well, man turned it over to Satan. Scriptures don't say that. God never rescinded man having dominion. No. Man just not being in connection with God misused the dominion. Absolutely. And I believe that's where the flood came from. I believe that's where earthquakes come from. I believe that's where uh, all these natural disasters come from. Yeah. Uh, I could be wrong on that, but, you know, think it over. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm not dogmatic on those things, right. but I do believe that creation is growing for us because we do have dominion. We do, and, and and we need to step into who we are and take that dominion, not not to dominate in a negative sense, but to rule and foster and bless the seen realm. And so um, yeah. that's that was our original uh, the original way we were designed to operate: to love as God loves, also to love the the seen realm, the nature as God loves it. Right? And right. We were yeah. we were designed to operate in both realms simultaneously yes. where basically you couldn't tell one from another. Exactly. exactly. Uh, Adam and Eve, they were in the garden of Eden. Well, was that on earth or in heaven? Mm -hmm. A lot of people say it was kind of like a in between place. Oh. Could have been, I don't know. I'm not going to argue on that one cause I wasn't there. Yeah. Well, not in the flesh anyway, mm -hmm. but um, <laughs> anyway, those are, 
did I forget one of my thoughts, one of my main points? Unconditional love, yes. children of God, image of God. I think I hit them all through. All included. Yep. I can't hold you teach on one without teaching on the other. Well, they're all interconnected. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Because God's okay. not unconditional love if we're not all his children, right? Mm. And oh, I'm forgetting the third part, but they're all they're all they're all interconnected, which made in God's image. Made, oh yeah, and made in his image, right? So he didn't make, oh, this default one got through, but <laughs> that doesn't and look he, like me. This is why Jesus came to show us the Father, mm -hmm. and he's the express image of the Father, is because man forgot what the Father is like. Because you can read all through the Old Testament what they thought God was doing there. He looks scary. Yeah. Huh? He looks scary in the Old Testament, yeah. right? Lessons to, lessons to be learned, but it's not yeah. lessons we've been teaching. Yeah. Um, you're supposed to find Jesus in that Old Testament. Exactly. And, and uh, Jesus came to show us the Father. Why did he come to show us the Father? Because we're his children. Yeah. And we forgot what God really looks like. Mm -hmm. we've been acting what we thought God looks like. Look, if you, I put it on the, on the post the other day, if you believe in an angry God, you're going to be an angry person. If or you believe in a violent God, you're going to be a violent person. Yeah. It, uh, you're going to act mm -hmm. according to how you think God is, because I think everyone intuitively knows that we are made in God's image. Even the atheists, they may not yeah. voice it. They may not even, uh, consciously think of it, but somewhere deep in their hearts because God has placed eternity in our hearts so that we may seek for him and find him. Absolutely. And we've been seeking for him up there mm -hmm. when he said he's put it in our hearts. Mm -hmm. yeah. He lives within us. That's what Paul preached. He said, I preach Christ in you to the Gentiles. Yes. He didn't say I preach Christ in you to the believers. Right. And in Athens, he even said that we're all God's offspring. Absolutely. Yeah. And in yes, him, we poets have said. So he was quoting yeah. their literature with the yes. truth that God had already released to them, even though they didn't know it. Right. Yes. I, I believe God has spoken. I believe God has spoken to every. Uh, there is truth to be found. Holy Spirit truth to be found in every religion. But not every religion is truth. And to be honest, the way Christianity has become in the last 1,500 years or so, mm -hmm. there's a bunch of lies within Christianity, oh, that. Yeah. but God can burn them out. Absolutely. But God, God yeah. has his foot firmly yeah. planted. Yeah. Uh -huh. Sorry. God has his foot firmly planted in every door. Yes, he does. And you can't close the door on it. I mean, you can, but it's not getting rid of it. Well, he, he is the door, so he, he won't close yeah. himself. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to close Jesus on Jesus. Right. But, uh, but we, you know, we, in our darkness and our, in our, in our blindness, we turn and, you know, and, and, you know, that's what we see. So I can't believe this time has flown by. What final things would you like to sum up or just bless people with, or if you want to pray for us, whatever you want to do? Um. I don't know if you want me to sum up anything because my first pastor, he had a bad habit of saying, give me five more minutes and no. 30, 45 minutes later, we'd maybe be getting out. Gotcha. Depends on how many times he asked for five. I kind of picked up that little habit. habit. Well, you have a lot to say. Well, yeah. And, and uh, I mean, I guess I've, I've been encouraged lately to do more videos myself, mm -hmm. uh, some people on Facebook have encouraged me and I really do need to start doing that. And some of them have even encouraged me to get on YouTube, but we'll see about how that goes. One um, step at a time. One step. There is a, there is a book in process, uh, very early stages, mm -hmm. of 365 day devotional of my posts from Facebook. Wow, that's uh, really life-giving. So that's great. Do you have an idea when that might come out? No, because a, a friend of mine sent me just last week uh, hard copies of, well, it's actually more than 365, so I can sort through and maybe pick out the better ones. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's hard copies. 
and uh, it's in a binder like this thick. Oh, wow. And so I've got to sort through and pick out the ones I want. I actually have no idea where to go from here other than pick out the ones I want to use and maybe set them in some sort of order. Yeah. Well, that's, so, that's what you do next. And then the Lord will tell you what to do next. If people want to uh, contact you, where do they find you? Uh, they can just find me on Facebook. David Adams uh, live in Lakeland, Florida. You'll see my profile picture of me with a lap full of grandkids. Now that's heaven on earth right there. Those sweet yeah. little babies. That's bad. Yeah. That is bad. Well, <laughs> they are a handful for me if I have them all at one time. And sometimes it's hard depending on which ones I've got. You know, usually I don't take more than two. Sometimes I'll take three. You got to know your limits. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. yeah, they can wear me out pretty easily. But they, they, here lately, they've been calming down a little bit. So maybe I'll start taking them a little more. Some extras. Yeah, that's great. Well, David, it's been a joy uh, to have you on just to listen to you flow, hear your story, which is amazing. And just um, just all of those things that you've been grappling with it, just that love, that unconditional love just flows out of you. And it's just a joy. So everybody connect with David. And um, uh, and thank you for coming. Well, thank you for having me. I sure appreciate the chance to share because I'm pretty sure your audience is a little bit bigger than mine. And um, and and it's not about that though. But I like to I like to know that people are hearing what I have to say because I believe I'm most of the time I'm pretty sure I'm speaking by the Holy Spirit. Yes, and, and it has and it has the fruit of it, which is so gorgeous. So. Well, thank you. And everyone share this uh, and uh, and uh, give, give uh, David a shout out. Go find him and have a great day. Love you guys. Thank you, David. Thank you, Catherine, for having me. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Perspectives with Catherine Toon. For additional information and resources, please visit CatherineToon.com.